From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Just saw a, uh, a tweet from uh, at Biscayne Buckets. It's not crazy to say two is already the second best Dolphins quarterback of all time, right? I don't think there's any doubt. Oh, God. Who's better than him? Jay Fiedler? <sighs> I mean... Uh- did Chad, not saying much. Did Chad Pennington go farther? He, he played for the Dolphins. He was a yeah. starter for one season, and then he saw spot duty because of injuries after that. He, I mean, yes, he led him to the playoffs, but that's our that right now is the argument. Oh, was Chad Pennington better than Tua? Chad Pennington played, for all intents and purposes, one season on. with the Dolphins. I got one. Ronnie Brown. <laughs> I mean, come on. And I, I mean, let's think... be clear. Let's be clear. Bob Greasy. Yeah, Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy ain't throwing for four sixty six in a game. Okay. But, but Bob Greasy was a better Dolphins quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa. I, I think that's that. That's yeah. Historically, I don't think I mean, yeah. Historically, but I, I feel like it's it's safe to say that Tua will likely sure. surpass him. And what I don't want you to do right now, Ken, is pull up Bob Greasy's statistics. Well, no, because I, I there's no need to. There's no need to. Bob Greasy statistically is, like, lower portion of the NFL Hall of Fame. Right. Okay. This is different kind of ball. So and what he had I, a zonka. What I was going to do was maybe give you an Earl Morrill, but no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, this, is, this, is, this is an easy question. Tua Tungavailoa, pure quarterback talent in the year of our Lord 2023, is the second best quarterback behind Dan Marino already. In Dolphins history. Oh, but can the Dolphins have have uh, other quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame? What about Bob? Tua would mop Bob Greasy. Mop him. I have no mop dog in this fight. That's- it's just disrespectful, I think, to the older generation. The right, one well, right before oh, you, Oh, who are you now? Yeah. Who, are you do- uh, is this what you're doing, Mad Dog? Because you're the one who can't stand when can't. Mad Dog gets on first take and starts comparing generations, and now you're pulling a Mad Dog. What about Earl Morrill? What about Bob Greasy? Like you're doing the same thing you hate. But you're talking about week one, throwing that statement out no, there. No, no, no. When you gave to it, I'm talking gave, about if he was healthy, he would have been the MVP last That's what I'm year. saying. You're giving to it to my love. The same no. guy you gave a single digit percentage chance to even finish the season. Well, that's still that's still up in the air. What I'm saying is he has Hall of Fame MVP ability. Yeah, he, he has does. championship ability. Yeah. So does so and does he's already a Desmond more, Ritter. He's already a more what? prolific passer than anybody but Dan Marino in a Dolphins uniform at that position. There's no doubt as far as the okay. passer goes. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's not a better Dolphins quarterback than Bob Greasy. <laughs> He's not. Okay. It's not a conversation I thought would pop up today. Yeah, how about okay. that? <laughs> I mean, that? That's insane. That, it's that is not. Tua Tungavailoa is 10 times the quarterback talent Bob Greasy. I, I think that's true, but he's not. Yes, he's he doesn't not. mean more to the Dolphins than Bob Greasy yes, did. He unequivocally does. This guy hasn't even won a playoff game. He doesn't mean more to the Dolphins than Brian Greasy. It's Bob, Bob Greasy. Greasy. Or Bob Brian's Greasy. his son. Bob Greasy was the quarterback, Ken. What are we in in when you were born well, in actually, 1972? If you want to go with the perfect season, Bob Greasy uh missed the final well, portion of the season because of injury. So it actually wasn't him. Show some respect for Earl Morrill. Earl Morrill, I just baby. Think, I just think that there's some people out of their league talking about this. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I think Bob Cousy's good too. I think he's probably better than Jason Tatum. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, uh, so everything that Stone just said is a, a key component to Dog Bleep Monday here on uh, on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, the the insane things. The what in the hell was that? That you hear, you see every weekend in sports. Doesn't have to be football, but now it's going to be real football heavy now that we're in the season. But we call it Dog Bleep Monday. All thanks to our inspiration, the man who's going to lead his football team out onto the Met. Life Stadium surface tonight for the first time in 2023. Jets head coach Robert Sala. Jet Life Stadium. Um, Time now for a dog bleep Monday. What did you see or hear that was abject dog bleep this weekend in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. And on social media, at KLV 1063, 888-760-3776. Let's go ahead and start with Notre Dame and NC State on Saturday. This was a disaster. I don't know how much attention you were paying to this, Theo, because I know you went to the Canes game. I don't know if you were tailgating or what, but this game was delayed a couple of hours because of nonstop thunderstorms that were coming through. It was wet. It was rainy. It was gross. It was long. There were three different weather delays in this game, in fact. Mm -mm. And so uh, there was a sideline report. Once things got back to regular action, a sideline report uh, on ABC, this is what Notre Dame, because they weren't prepared apparently for a lengthy delay, here's what Notre Dame had to do to nourish, to to make sure its players uh, had enough Food, energy in their systems during the game. Listen, this is mighty Notre Dame. Here was what they were subjected to during the weather delay at NC State. Here's Molly. Yeah, John, Marcus Freeman said going into that delay that they needed that reset. Uh, but to Greg's point, this delay definitely was less comfortable for Notre Dame. Dave Doran mentioned the first thing he did during the delay was put his players in dry clothes. As the away team, Notre Dame didn't have that luxury. They stayed in wet clothes, stretched, rested, and didn't have enough food for the extended break. So staff went to stadium concessions and got players hot dogs and brats. But it obviously didn't bother Audra Gestamani. <laughs> so... Notre Dame, again, Notre Dame, more money than God himself, the person that they wake up and they praise every morning there uh, in South Bend, the, the University of Notre Dame, more money than God himself. They don't have a contingency on the road for weather delays. And I know some of you might say, oh, well, Ken, well, Ken, well, Ken, how can you? How can you plan for something like that? Y'all came on, on, a, on a, a charter plane. How can you? Trust me when I tell you. Small little FAU in my, my 16 years traveling with their football team, there was always a plethora of snacks for getting on the plane yeah. after games, sitting, waiting for the players, second meals after the meals they have gotten for post game. I cannot believe that the University of Notre Dame could not go and take from the food already set aside for its players for the trip back. They could not dip into that and give them that sustenance as opposed to hot dogs and brats from the NC State concession stand. Notre Dame had to go buy glizzies mm. and guzzle down glizzies during the weather break in order to keep them fed against NC State. To me, I think that's abject dog bleep. Um, yeah, it was dog. <laughs> 
How is that possible? Well, you're Notre Dame. You're Notre Dame. Pray um, for, pray on it. They pray on it, and maybe what they were thinking is, you know, the the miracle with the uh, the loaves of bread and the fish. <laughs> you don't bring the food. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You create more where there isn't. So they went to North Carolina State, known for barbecue out there in North Carolina, even mm-hmm. though it's one of the worst barbecues in my experience. Um, in all of the nation, North really? Carolina barbecue stinks. Or in Missouri, right? Sucks. Isn't it vinegar based? Isn't vinegar <laughs> yes, based? Yes, there. Vinegar based barbecue watery. is the best barbecue. No, North it's Car- the best. So Texas barbecue is overrated. There Texas barbecue is the best. Texas barbecue is overrated. All right, we're not going to do this right How now. About that. But what oh, else? Oh, look at all the Ken's, sauce. Ken's look at on all fire. Sauce. Yeah, Ken's he's, on fire. Like Texas barbecue because they don't cook it right, unlike North Carolina barbecue. They this slather all that sauce on it. You're horrible. If you've ever had brisket from an actual Texas, an actual, like, thoroughly vetted, well-respected restaurant out there in Houston or, or Dallas, then uh, maybe I need to point you in the direction. Vinegar-based or bust when it comes to barbecue? That is disgusting. I learned uh, in South Dakota, I learned a barbecue phrase. you got to tell me if it's true or not. Yeah. If it don't moo, it ain't Q. <laughs> they taught me that one up there in South mean? Dakota. If it's not uh, beef. I mean, but here's the thing, though. Is it true? It depends on where you're at in the world because I've also heard that, you know, because of travel or something with animals, like pigs don't taste the same in certain areas and cows don't taste the same in certain areas. So, yeah, like it's more heavy-based cows depending on where you're at. It's more heavy-based pig depending on where you're at. I know in North Carolina they do a lot of pig and they don't do cow very well. And that vinegar-based barbecue sauce and all the stuff that they pour on it, it's super watery and it's disgusting and I don't know why it's so heralded. Mm. But Mm-mm-mm. I will say this, for Notre Dame, at least they weren't subjected to it. They got the brats and the hot dogs. They didn't have to actually taste the barbecue, so that's maybe why they played so well. Ken, this is a timing that's issue. That's Dog Blade Monday right there. His barbecue <laughs> thoughts, by the way. Vinegar-based vinegar based is the best barbecue. Listen, Ken, me. this is a timing Idiotic. thing. This is a timing thing because if you're the ops guy, typically halftime, third quarter, right, you're going to call up Chick-fil-A, Jimmy right, John's, right. right, whatever you give, choose Give us some boxes of food. Right, and then you yeah. get those boxes ready so they're still a little warm when that game's over, so they just weren't prepared to do so. You talked about... You know, you get a, a little mini pie of Papa John's before you hop on that charter plane. And, of course, halftime, you have your applesauce. You have your granola bars. Mm-hmm. You have your fruit snacks. You have that stuff. But you, you're you're ordering that post-game meal in, like, halftime third quarter. You so can't send sense. You can't send ups guys to, like, a Sam's Club or something and load up on, on, on stuff? I, it was I that like, or go to the concession stand. What's quicker? I think going to the concession stand. If you're a college football player, too, what would you rather? Some, like, Sam's Club brought in stuff or a fresh I Yeah, I agree. Cooked? Concession food. That actually probably hit. Two meats over Sam Club all day. Yeah. I doubt that a couple hundred glizzies were all fresh <laughs> off the grill. No, you had were the, just sitting there, hard buns. You had thing. the ops guy walk right into yeah. the kitchen, and he's the, he's the, the kitchen guy. knows that this is for the players, so yeah. this is real deal right here. Also, it's the opposing team's kitchen, though, so can you even trust that? I mean, the money's the money. Yeah, that's true. You're swiping that green card or that black card <laughs> or whatever the coach has. It's money. It's, money. it's America, damn it. Yeah. Uh, dog blape Monday. What was the bigger piece of dog blape? Uh, Notre Dame? Notre Dame having to eat hot dogs during a weather delay this week? Or uh, Theo's thoughts on Texas barbecue over North Carolina barbecue? Uh-oh. What's the biggest piece of uh, dog blape? Dog bleep Monday. All right, Theo, what is your contribution to dog bleep Monday here you, on Kendall Vickle? You, you are his contribution. <laughs> Can we yeah, hear from Coach Sala say, real yeah. quick? Can we just hear from Coach Sala real quick? Um, Thanks, Coach. Yes. Yeah, I'm into that. All right, Theo. We'll keep it in college football on a Saturday um, because this this video has been circulating all throughout Twitter. Um, I actually showed it to my fiance, and, and we uh, had a great hearty laugh this morning as well. <laughs> um, you never know. When, when Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky get together on a football field, 
all Roll kind out of the things record can books. It, it just doesn't. You never know what you're going to get yeah. out of these two uh, blue bloods of, of college football. But what I didn't expect is what we heard from the announcer on the SEC Network broadcast in the fourth quarter. The game's almost up, so he's using all of his tidbits out. This is what you guys do. Yeah. You play-by-play play guys. All right, right. We, we, we go back and we tell personal stories. Yes. We tug at the heartstrings in a blowout. And he might have gone maybe a step too far here. Yeah, this is uh, what they call in the business out-of-pocket. This is Pete <laughs> Souza from the SEC Network telling the story of Kentucky running back Ray Davis, and it takes a turn that nobody expected. And there is Ray Davis, 51 yards on that drive alone, running and receiving. He's a guy transferring over from Vanderbilt. Nine months ago when he jumped to the portal, everybody wanted him. Eleven years ago as a foster kid, really nobody wanted him. And now here he has found some love, found football, and he has had an amazing journey. So let me tell you what Pete Souza just did. He compared the transfer portal and oh, the desire man. of schools to gobble him up in the transfer portal to his experience as a foster kid dropping the really nobody wanted him as a foster kid. Oh, man. Uh, that is extremely out of pocket. That's actually insane. Yeah. Let's just hear it one more time. This is... This is uh, <laughs> Pete Souza, who uh, as a broadcaster, I'm sure he's fine. I'd never heard of him before this, but this is maybe, maybe, maybe not as, um, not as, as I don't know, aesthetically, verbally pleasing yeah. as he would have liked to tell Ray Davis's story. And there is Ray Davis, 51 yards on that drive alone, running and receiving. He's a guy transferring over from Vanderbilt. Nine months ago, when he jumped to the portal. Everybody wanted him. 11 years ago, as a foster kid, really nobody wanted him. And now here he has found some love, found football, and he has had an amazing journey. Now, I mean, it's that's quite a claim for a foster kid. Hey, you're a foster kid? No one really wants you. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody wants you. Um, Pete, come on, dude. It is uh, the two or three takeaways from this. Number one, um... I, I just would love to see if he ran that that bar by anybody. No doubt. You can tell by the, the way he said it. Yeah, like it felt like it was rehearsed. It, it was no written doubt. out. There's no doubt it was written out yes. in front of him. So so for me, I just want to talk to the people that cleared it. I just want to have <laughs> like a, didn't. a meeting of the minds with those no. people. There had somebody, he ran that by somebody. This is just somebody. his talking points. Yeah, I, no, I think he wrote it out, though. Like it was a bar. He's like, this is going to hit. I don't think he ran it by anybody. He might no have doubt. done it in the mirror. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. At the hotel. But okay. there's no way. Because someone would have said, dude, I, I don't think that hits like you thought it <laughs> Like you think it does. He, he definitely rehearsed it. The timing, yes. the delivery, the inflection in certain parts. He thought like, he was going to get people teary hundred percent. Exactly. And that was my second takeaway was the delivery of it was actually executed perfectly. Mm. Like he, he the delivered tone. the line, yeah. the tone. Everything was excellent. It just was the actual tone of it. Like, yeah. the actual tone of it was a bit tone deaf, and it, it also further illuminates a couple problems. Like, you're, you're talking about this athlete, this student athlete, <laughs> Um, and it's like, yeah, nobody wanted him until he was good at football. Right, right, right. It doesn't exactly, it doesn't exactly convey the story that wow. you are you're trying to convey. I didn't yeah. even think now, about it like that. Yeah, nobody in America cared about him. I gave a damn. Nobody right. wants this dude. Right. But damn, can he run that ball? You know what? <laughs> but Pete Souza of SEC Network does not top the all time out of pocket, the all time out of pocket life story uh, conveyed by Gus Johnson on Fox 
over then-Ohio State running back J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins' mom, Maya, became pregnant when she was 18 years old. She went to the doctor because she was thinking about aborting the baby, but changed her mind. That baby turned out to be that young man, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins, who she calls her miracle baby. Uh, so, so uh, again, like, is it part of J.K. Oh Dobbins' story, the fact that his mom thought about uh, aborting him? Sure. Yeah. Um, but does it really have a place in Ohio State against Akron on a September afternoon? Nah. But, but here's the thing, though. I will say, Ken, I, I don't want it to stop. I kind of don't want it to stop. Like, I still want these things to happen once or twice every three or four years because they are objectively hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, not the actual situations. Like, nothing's funny about, you know, what J.K. Dobbins and his mom went through, and I'm glad that he's, you know, right, going well. Right. I'm glad for Davis and Kentucky. But They're great stories. The but broadcasting retellings of them and, and the, the placement of it and the, the, it's so, the confidence. Yeah, it, it does not give the proper time to tell the full story, no. and it comes off as completely flippant. And, and so it, it's like old Billy Johnson, back when he was 14 years old and a freshman in high school, had a fire in his home, and he had a chance to catch his grandmother as she threw herself out of a third-story window, but he missed, mm. and she fell to her death on the ground. But he did catch that 57-yard <laughs> bomb for a touchdown just moments ago. He's on fire Clemson, today. Right, yeah. right. And, but he's on, fi- he is on fire today. That's for Graham. Right, right. right. Like, <laughs> that stuff, leave it at home. Yeah. Leave it at home. We don't need it. But that. where my mind goes, Kenny, you know this, like when you're prepping for a broadcast, you have conversations with the coaching staff in the mm-hmm. week leading up to it. So that was, I feel like something that was passed yeah. along to him. Like, hey, you know, I got to tell you this story too. JK's yeah, mom but it's also here. the wording. You don't have to say nobody wanted him 11 yeah. years ago as a foster kid. You could have said miracle boy, baby. Boy, was he sought after in the transfer portal. Stop comparing real life events to football. Stop comparing um, military to football. Go ahead, um, coach. Now you say the Dobbins one was worse. I would I would push back and say that this Kentucky one was because he also editorialized, right? Like at least with Gus Johnson, he just told the facts. He told the facts. Told the facts. This one, he went Jesus. ahead. Pete Sousa of SEC Network yeah. went ahead and declared nobody really wanted. Nobody him. really wanted to do. Uh, I mean, who would? I mean, who wants him? God. But now, yep. but now, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It was like, whoa, dude. Like, let's not. Yeah, you let's don't know. chill. Let's they chill. Could, they could have been fighting over him. Maybe he was the one trying to pick the right. You don't know what was going on, but he really got in there, and uh, it was it was crazy. Dog yeah. Blake Monday, Stone. Quickly, do you have a Dog Blake Monday entry? I do. I'll make it quick. I'm going to go after Derek Ansley. The Los Angeles Chargers defensive coordinator. There's a stat out there that I uh, was printed. I've heard it. I've seen it. I did not think it was true. Tua Tungavailoa saw man coverage on 78% of his dropbacks, the highest in any of his 35 career starts. Wow. So let, let's just, uh, all right, coach, you're paid millions upon millions upon <laughs> millions of dollars. You're, you're, you're pre-gaming all week, trying to build this scheme for your guys. Big-time game against the Dolphins. And you think, all right. Play a lot of man coverage today, right? They don't have the guys to beat us. They don't have Tyreek Hill. They don't have uh, Jalen Waddle. They don't have Tua Tungvaluwa and 16 running backs to deploy. Let's just throw 80% man coverage every time this guy drops back. And you get sliced for 500 yards to the air. I mean, it is absolutely my submission for dog bleep. Monday. That defensive coaching room with the Chargers, dog bleep. A dog bleep Monday here on Ken LaVica Live. When we return, there are things that we love in football, but then they don't perform particularly well in 
It's tough to stomach. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to find a way to ease our bad feelings, and we're going to break out the excuse machine. An excuse machine Monday here on Ken Levick Alive. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Hey, if you have aches, you have pains, well, you need some help with that. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, they're there for you. They have a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Uh, before we get to excuse machine, uh, I just wanted to, to to tell this story real quick uh, because this is the day to do it. This being 9-11, and of course, it was, tw- I cannot believe, 22 years ago today. And uh, I've talked about this with Josh before. I think I've talked about it with you before, Stone. I mean, I vividly, 22 years ago, I vividly, it's one of those things so traumatic that it, you will absolutely never, never, ever lose the clear vision of the things that you recall from that day. And I was a senior in high school, and the thought that a a plane would crash into the World Trade Center, and then two commercial planes would be purposely crashed into the World Trade Center, the audacity to have in the same manner the Pentagon attacked, it was was a, a top three scariest day of my life and I ended up having no real personal connection to anybody involved in it just the visuals it's the visuals it's the fact that we saw it on live tv savagery murder take place uh in in the most public manner um and so I will occasionally and I I despise this day because you have to acknowledge it and my my um my, my personal preference to deal with trauma, things like that, is, and it's not healthy, is to just compartmentalize it, put it in the back of your brain, your subconscious, and then not bring it up. And so I, I don't want to ignore it, though, because it should not be ignored. And last night, I actually, for the first time, got into a situation that I knew was coming, but it just sort of happened last night. After the Dolphins game ended, CBS went right to 60 Minutes, and they had a story uh, about uh, some of the key figures in the the uh, New York Fire Department and uh, the the heroes making the decisions going up to the 81st floor in the North Tower, getting two people apparently on the 85th floor based on 911 calls, but then uh, the building collapsed, the ultimate sacrifice. And so all the visuals are there. The tower's collapsing, the the second plane hitting the, uh, the, the South Tower, and... I didn't know it, but my two girls had walked into the room and they see it and they ask, what's that? What's that? And so because still those visuals are so mind blowing, I could have just said, oh, that's a movie. That's a movie. And I I, I could have said it and that would have been fine. But I also didn't want to lie to them. In seven and five, they're old enough to start knowing the story of September 11th. Now, Stone, you were only like two 
at the or, or how old were you at that time? Yeah, I was born in '98 of, in August, so yeah, maybe so two or three. You're, yeah, you're two yet. or three at that time. Uh, and you were you would have been junior high or high school? No, <laughs> or not even. I was in second grade. Oh, you were second grade. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm old. Uh, so, but but I, I I told them that way 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 before you were born, there were and I like to me in my 39 year old mind, like my entire life up until 2001, like the Twin Towers. They were just, they were the Twin Towers. It was the World Trade Center. It was New York. And I was just old enough to have vivid recollection of, uh, of the 94 bombing uh, at the World Trade Center. So like, but the World Trade Center, that was, that was a big part of New York. Um, and me, I, I went up in them and I saw them in uh, the Empire State Building, that whole thing when I was uh, eight years old. So for them not being there to have my, my daughters had no rec, I mean, obviously no recollection. They were seven and five, but like just Oh, wait, what are those things? And I have to explain it to them. There were these two big buildings in New York um, and bad people crashed planes into them, like planes that we go on vacation on crashed planes into them. Bad people. And at that age, like, that's all I can say. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more <laughs> there. There's there's a lot more you can say about those people. But fine, the bad people uh, hijacked those planes. They don't know what hijacking is. They they took control of those planes, crashed them, and a lot of people died. And then the questions came, wait, there were people in the building? Uh, did the the firemen save them? Like all that stuff, and mm. like, I mean, you explained to them that you know it was really hard. Uh, the firemen tried to save them, but for a lot of people, and it, then they showed the visuals of people like jumping from the bill. Like it just a lot of difficult conversation that you have to put in kid terms. But that was really their first foray and my first foray into trying to explain to them the horror of 9-11 and it, it it drove home one just how long it's been since that happened but also how generations need to fully understand the nightmare of that day and it's something to be passed along and not forgotten about and that was a good reminder to me last night out of nowhere about what my job is and what anybody who lived through it uh, either directly or indirectly, what our job is, is to make sure that those visuals, as horrifying as they are, stay fresh and stay public enough where they're able to be seen and taught years and years and years, centuries and centuries and centuries, eons and eons and eons down the road. Yeah, it was, uh, for me as a kid, obviously I experienced it a lot different way being in second grade, um, but I just remember not understanding why so many kids were going home early, uh, our teacher allowing us to watch some of the news and see some of the updates, and then getting home and then having to have a similar conversation as to what you explained you had with your daughters today. But the difference was me having that conversation with my parents at home after school that day. Yeah. There was just so much more information that wasn't out yet. So I, I can only imagine sure. how difficult it was for them to come up with the words to explain it to me and my brothers at the time. But um, it was incredibly uh, disconcerting and um, something you don't you don't ever forget. You will always remember. Uh, and and uh, for me, I believe I've said this before. Like it, I was I was 17 years old at the time. My after the initial oh my god, like how is the and what really really was the scariest part of it to me in real time. And again, this is just me in real time. But remember when I was thinking in real time was oh my god, they flew a plane into the Pentagon. Like, are, are we are we all is this are we being invaded? Like that was, but my, my, after all that, uh, once the afternoon came and we stayed in school, but all the teachers just had us watching TV all day. Like they, so, uh, but my, my thought after that at 17 years old was, holy hell, I'm going to war. 
Like they're going to bring oh, the draft yeah, back. Oh, yeah, you were that age. They're going to they're going to bring the draft back. I'm going to war with whoever was responsible for this. That was the I remember that being my prevailing thought of the day and it yeah. took over. I had a girl I was seeing at the time. I had that conversation with her once we were done with school. Some people came over to sit on my back deck. We had a legitimate conversation about how I was going to be drafted and off to war within the next year. Like legit Ooh. conversation. You would have had to put the saxophone down. Yeah, put put the clarinet down. Thank you very much. Put the clarinet down and uh, pick up the AR. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, it is. But last night again was a, a reminder to me that while I try to avoid talking about 9/11, not out of disrespect, but because it's it's therapeutic for me to not have to relive it. Um, it is my and my generation's responsibility to continue to tell the story and the nightmare of uh of 9-11 and what it meant to uh not only the country but uh but the world all right i don't want this show ending on a uh, a sad dark note do we have to take another break let's take another break we'll get to the excuse machine here uh who are we excusing this football weekend because we just we just sort of feel like eh, let's make excuses for them like maybe there's there's an alternative explanation uh we're always trying to make excuses for things in football things in sports that we like well we're going to do it uh football version when we come back we debut the ken levick alive excuse machine he's theodore cwp tv news channel 5 wflx fox 29 i'm ken levick i'm live on espn 106.3 Now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. That was the first six of 40 points on the way for the Cowboys last night. And we're about to fire up the Ken LaVica Live excuse machine. Uh, no excuses for the Giants. That was an abomination yeah, no. last night. No, except and for the fact that they were playing against the Cowboys D. Okay. Except the Cowboys D is good. Not that good. To the tune of 40 to nothing. Uh, Theo, you know what would make Giants fans feel better? Some Duffies. Come on, man. If you're going to watch your team get beat 40 to nothing, why not do it at least enjoying some two-for-one drinks? I mean, it might end up being 10 for 20 drinks for you at that point. Uh, you can enjoy some jumbo wings. That was good got, math. Come on now. Right on the spot. Including some garlic parmesan, golden barbecue. I mean, these are some of the flavor of the wings, these new three sauces. And, of course, the Caribbean jerk. That's that's the one I need to dip my uh, my fingers into very next. And you can enjoy football on all kinds of screens. The other thing, if you're a Giants fan, as long as you're not playing in prime time like last night, there's 80 TVs in every Duffy Sports Grill, so you can turn your eyes to another game. You can fixate on something that is more alleviating to your pain, all while also enjoying some award-winning burgers and wings. Duffy'sMVP.com to sign up to get your free Duffy's MVP card. And remember, there's no better place to spend your weekend watching football than Duffy Sports Grill. Duffy's, our game is always on. By the way, ABC has announced that number three Florida State at Clemson is a noon kickoff on sa- two Saturdays from now. A noon kickoff. Don't worry, Clemson, or uh, don't worry, Florida State. FAU's headed to Clemson this weekend to soften them up for you. Easy, mm, okay. easy money. Uh, nice bounce back coming for uh, FAU. Lose to Ohio, beat Clemson. Who says it? Who says it? Let's go. <laughs> uh, time now to fire up because there's a lot of bias in sports media, a lot of bias, and we're no different. We have what we love, we have what we care for, and when they or it doesn't perform well, you need to defend them. It's what we do in sports media, so we're going to create a safe haven for it. Time now to fire up the Ken Levick Alive excuse machine for the first time. 
this NFL season. And I am going to excuse Joe Burrow, okay? I I appreciate Joe Burrow. Am I the biggest fan? No, but I appreciate him. I think he's very talented. Joe Burrow, hey, the guy went down early with a calf injury. Mm. He hasn't gotten any reps with the first team. Uh, that rain, yeah, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but it was pretty hard. It was pretty heavy. Joe Burrow, 84 yards. Hey, he, he had a hurt calf for all the camp, okay? Let this guy go. It's all right. Joe Burrow, you're excused. That is our first delivery into the excuse machine. Who's going into your excuse machine, Theo? I, I got to excuse the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith, Pete Carroll. I mean, how do you even devise a game plan to go up against and stop names like Tutu Atwell, <laughs> Puka Nakua, uh-huh. Kyron Williams. I mean, when you're getting torched by those kind of guys, of course you're going to be on the losing side on a Sunday. So, yeah, my excuse goes to the Seahawks. They lose 30-13 to 13 to the tanking Grams. Um, and they just got caught, you know, off guard with some names that you, I mean, heralded household names. I mean, let All me right. name another one. Let me drop one. Bryce Hopkins. Yeah, oh, yeah. There okay. just wasn't enough uh, enough time <laughs> to prepare. <laughs> you know, it's actually a guy. Yeah. Not, not enough time to prepare. Not enough time. The, the Seahawks get, uh, get uh, excused. Uh, Stone, who are you? Who's your entry into our Ken Levicka Live excuse machine? Mine's for the Chicago Bears. I mean, the day has finally arrived for them. The man is gone. Aaron Rodgers, your dad is left. It's time for a new regime. You got this. Here we go. Fresh start. You get bodied by Jordan Love. I can't even make an excuse for these guys. What are you doing? You're not even using the excuse. No. You gave us the shim sham. We got bamboozled by you. (laughs) The excuse was that Aaron Rodgers is finally gone. You can't even use that because it didn't work. Stepdaddy Jordan Love. Uh, Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, by the way, go Bills. So hard tonight. Prediction? So hard tonight. Bills bring the pain. Yeah. You can try again. Uh, by the way, if any New York media member had any guts, they would ask Aaron Rodgers about his thoughts on 9-11 tonight. Oh, my goodness. Please don't. Boring. For the sake of everybody. That is, if, if the big, bad New York media had any guts. It'll be the post. They would ask Aaron Rodgers about 9-11 Bills tonight. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Go Bills. Bye-bye.